It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Draft Day, Panther fans. With the Florida Panthers having five picks in this year's entry draft, are we expecting a big splash or for Bill Zito to make all the picks at his disposal? Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, June 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listener of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monument12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So it is draft night for the NHL, a Wednesday, Thursday draft this year with the city of Nashville hosting. But so many things going on this week in uh, in the capital of country music in, in uh, Nashville and Music City. But lots of fun that a lot of players are going to have with players dreams coming true of, of of playing in the NHL or at least being drafted in the NHL because a lot of these players won't be on NHL rosters immediately but it is a Winans Wednesday which means Jacob Winans is back for today's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast and we'll we'll put the draft talk more in the third and final segment where we're going to talk all about the draft but Jacob once again welcome back to the show thanks for having me um yeah lots of lots of exciting stuff to talk about happy draft day to uh all the prospects that that their lives are quite literally about to change forever today uh and tomorrow and um really excited for all of those guys it's a i'm sure that's a huge honor for all of them and and their families and the culmination of all the work they put in uh to get to this point so um Hopefully all the all the prospects enjoy today and tomorrow and, and the work that comes after that. Uh, and yeah, lots of lots of Panthers related stuff to talk about today, even though uh, we don't have a first round pick. And uh, we're we're going to be, like you said, pre-recording watching today with uh, uh, just a little bit more relaxed. Nothing, uh, nothing too stressful for us today. Yeah, first round uh, starts at 7 p.m. on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Day two starts at 11 a.m. on NHL Network if you are in the States. But First, let's talk mo- uh, mostly about uh, the NHL awards. Of course, the of course kicking off the week in Nashville for all the events. Uh, the prospects went through their media days, and also the guys who were there at the award shows uh, when when coming to when coming to uh, the Music City. And Matthew Kachuk was of course uh, seen seen there in a sling, and of course uh, he. Uh, finished third in the voting for the Hart Trophy. Zero first place votes, 54 second place votes, 53 third, 27 fourth, and uh, 17 fifth place votes to finish third in the Hart Trophy voting behind David Pasternak and Connor McDavid. And one person did not vote Connor McDavid first, and actually that same person voted him fifth. It was actually a, a, a writer from 
Tribune Sports in Pittsburgh. So that is someone, the person who ended up not voting uh, McDavid uh, first there. But what what are your thoughts on Matthew Kachuk uh, not finishing second? And of course, the the, the troll job that was uh, not voting McDavid uh, first. Yeah, so um, I'll start with the McDavid vote. I think it, at, at the end of the day, of course, it doesn't really matter that much because McDavid still wins the award. And that's all anyone really is going to talk about 10, 20, 30 years from now is he won the Hart Trophy. And that's that's what matters with with that. But it is a big honor to be a unanimous MVP. And, and I think he deserved it. And voting him fifth, I just it's it's completely ridiculous. And I think there's I, I really think it's a it's a cheap way of, of uh, getting attention and it's a, it's a cheap way of using the ballot that you that you have the privilege of of uh, of having a say in. And I think he I think I, I, I didn't like it. I thought it was I thought it was a uh, not great move. And um, I, at the end of the day, McDavid is the MVP and he, he won the trophy. But I think he should have been unanimous and won one honestly comical ballot shouldn't really <laughs> discredit what he did this season. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to give it too much attention, but I, I just think, I just think it's kind it was kind of ridiculous. And, uh, McDavid definitely was, was deserving of a unanimous MVP honor. Uh, but to not even put him second, uh, just shows how unserious that vote was <laughs> to put him fifth. There's not four guys in the NHL more valuable to their team than Connor McDavid. There's just no chance you can't argue that. Um, so I thought that was pretty ridiculous. Uh, and then, and then with, uh, with Matthew Kachuk, um, I felt, I felt like he kind of got disrespected, uh, in, in that, in the Hart Trophy voting there. Um, I think, I, I know it's not a, it's not a, a postseason award. It's a regular season award. Um, but I, I felt, I still felt like Matthew Kachuk was, outside of McDavid, there's no player in the NHL who is more valuable to his team than Matthew Kachuk. And, and this is where we go back to that, that argument that everyone likes to talk about. Is it for the best player or is it for the most valuable player? Because it's mm-hmm. very different. Um, Matthew Kachuk, I, I would still argue he's a better, a better player than David Pasternak, but I don't think you can even debate whether he was more valuable to the Panthers than Pasternak was to the Bruins. The Boston Bruins are still probably the best team in the Eastern Conference without David Pasternak last season, uh, and that's not to that's not to put down anything that he did because he had a remarkable season. And if McDavid hadn't won uh, the Hart Trophy, it, Pasternak definitely probably would have won uh, given his stats. Um, but I, I think I think Matthew Kachuk's impact on the Panthers is far greater than David Pasternak's impact on the Bruins. Uh, the the Panthers are nowhere near the playoffs, if not for Matthew Kachuk's heroics and, and quite literally carrying the team for large stretches of, of last season. Um, so I thought I thought Matthew Kachuk not finishing second was kind of ridiculous. Uh, I think the Panthers in general kind of got snubbed in, in some of the voting uh, in other areas, like the Norris Trophy voting did not make any sense to me, seeing Brent, Brandon Montour come in 12th. Um, there, there were not... There were not 11 defensemen in the NHL this year better or more effective than Brandon Montour. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, and and with with Matthew Kachuk finishing third in the Hart Trophy uh, voting, 
still a great honor for him, a top three finish. But I think, I think if anything, he's coming in more motivated next season because I, he, he was deserving of, of better than that. Um, at the end of the day, though, when it comes to Kachuk and Pasternak, Pasternak may have finished second, uh, but the Panthers definitely had the last laugh. Matthew Kachuk had the last laugh in, in the postseason. Uh, no one's forgetting that series anytime soon. And uh, that was that was all started by Matthew Kachuk. Uh, and and I think I think that means a little bit more to the Chucky and anyone else on the Panthers roster. Yeah, we're just over two months since that win in game five where Linus Almarca uh, turns it over from trying to clear it in the zone, gets into the corner to Verhage and then back to Kachuk to score backhand uh, there. And you think about whether the Panthers would even be a playoff team. And I could argue they wouldn't if it weren't for the heroics of Matthew Kachuk this season, basically uh, carrying them. And before we transition some of the awards that were won, uh, Carlson wins the Norris, Kopitar, Andre Kopitar wins the Lady Bing, now two-time winner. King Clancy goes to Michael Backlund. Jim Montgomery wins the Jack Adams. And what an incredible speech by Jim Montgomery based on everything that he's went through with with uh, addiction as well. Patrice Bergeron wins his sixth uh, Selkie and Linus Allmark uh, wins the Vezina. So that, um, go, that is the wrap when it comes to some of the awards. There will be more awards uh, announced later, including the Jim Gregory for GM of the year. So we'll find out very soon on, on, on that front. But we do have a schedule to discuss as the NHL has released their opening night and regular season schedule for the 2023-24 season. And we're going to discuss this next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel Sportsbook. And take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just get just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on everything from the money line to over-under who you think will get the first home run. All in the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. After today's show, make sure you check out Locked On's 2023 mock draft special. Local hosts of the Locked On NHL network have made their picks, and hosts Gil Martin and Heidi Kalakash break down every selection over a three-day mock draft event. Find the episodes on Locked on HL on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. So, Jacob, the NHL schedule has come out for the 2023-24 season. And the Florida Panthers are starting off on the road again. Another uh, three-game three, um, three road trip schedule. A little different this time around as they're starting a little bit in the Midwest. Uh, starting in Minnesota, Winnipeg, and then going east to New Jersey. But I thought opening night for the Panthers, I thought it was going to be against the Carolina Hurricanes. That was that was my initial thought, that that, that was going to be opening night or against Boston. But 
the NHL decided to put opening night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the weird thing about the home schedule is you face the Toronto Maple Leafs twice. The first one is in the very beginning of the season. And then the last one is the last home game of the season. Instead of putting it in the middle where in the times of Christmas, where there's a lot of snowbirds coming down or even spring break in March, you're not getting to the Toronto Maple Leafs in that part of the schedule. So a little bit odd when it comes to that as well. Of course, you're, you're still going to get the little peaks of um, touristy times with the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Rangers uh, coming to town uh, during, uh, during, during those portions of the calendar year. But the, it's road heavy, once again, to start the season. 23 road games to 18 home games to start the, the season. The the month where it gets a little brutal when it comes to road games is the month of November and January, but the the home heavy schedule part is February and December a little bit of there. But we were you were actually discussing pre recording on what you thought of the schedule about the back to back situation for the Panthers. But I but I'm gonna give my take on back to backs with with the Panthers. There are seven back to backs. Only one of them are at home. But the way we look at the way I'm seeing this, and there's still plenty of time to like look over the schedule and break down because there's only so much we can break down for 82 games. There's not, there's not, they're not jam packed. They're not, they're not packed up in like multiple weeks of back to backs where there's a whole lot of four games and five nights. So we're not going to see a whole bunch of four or five days off in the schedule like we did last season with all back to backs jammed in this schedule it's more spread out which i i'm kind of in favor of when it comes to this year's schedule versus last i do agree with that i think the the fact that it's not it's not all uh, kind of bunched together where we have situations where it's say like four games and six nights and things like that um i i don't i don't love when we when we have those kind of situations um but with with uh with the the back-to-back schedule, I think the, the NHL could have done uh, a better job of giving the Panthers some home back-to-backs. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think having having six of those seven back-to-backs be on the road, it, it's it's pretty frustrating to see that um, for just knowing how how intense that travel can be and and uh, how the Panthers have have had uh, some struggles on on the second nights of back-to-backs just like every other, every team in the nhl when when travel is involved um I, I think i think having home back-to-backs is a big advantage uh just from a, a rest conservation perspective and 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 a fan support perspective um being able to play a couple times in a row in front of your home fans in back-to-back nights that's always nice but without without them having that it is what it is um the schedule is definitely not as unkind as it could be. Uh, I think the first two months, some of the opponents they play uh, are are somewhat light on paper, uh, which is which is nice. Uh, and and that's not to discredit anyone. The NHL is a, a league where you can win or lose on any given night. Uh, so that's not to say that the Panthers are are going to have a cakewalk in the first couple of months. But having games against a team like Winnipeg, a team like San Jose, uh, a team like Vancouver in the first month. that gives you an opportunity to get off on the right foot. And then in November, you have uh, both games against Chicago. You have Columbus in there. Uh, You've got Winnipeg, San Jose again. Um, Montreal is in there. Um, 
a couple more winnable games, teams that are going to be a little bit better this season, but um, not necessarily super huge threats would be Detroit, uh, Washington, Anaheim. Uh, some of those teams are all in, in, in the first two months, which is really, really key for the Panthers because uh, we are not going into next season fully healthy. There are going to be key players who are who aren't ready for the start of the season, and the Panthers are going to have to find a way to get off on the right foot without them. Um, so I think from that perspective, the first two months are are uh, somewhat beneficial in, in in that regard, where we're not playing a, a ton of our our key division opponents like right off the bat, uh, and having to having to to find a way to to beat all of these playoff contenders right away. Uh, I think we're in a good position to stay afloat until we get a little bit healthier and get some of our key guys back in the lineup. So um, overall, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about how the Panthers will start this season. Um, long way to go. Rosters can look very different between now and, and October, uh, including the Panthers roster. We'll see what kind of team we bring into next season, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. And uh, a couple of those key games, Toronto at home to start the season. I love that idea. Uh, the past two years, the Panthers haven't even played the Maple Leafs for the first time until way late in the season, which I don't Fair understand. Um, get that one out of the way early. That, that's going to be an electric uh, atmosphere when they presumably raise the Eastern Conference champions banner against a team that they had to beat on the way there. Uh, a team that, that was uh, not that kind of fell into disarray after losing that series. Um, there's some, there's definitely some, not necessarily bad blood, but both teams will, will be pretty uh, intense about that one. So I'm looking forward to that. And December, there's going to be a lot of fun games at home in December, Rangers, uh, Montreal, and of course Vegas comes to town. So uh, should be, should be fun. I, I'm, I really kind of, I, I, I really do like this schedule. I think, I think it's favorable for the Panthers. Vegas on a matinee too, uh, on, on a Saturday yep. as well. Um, and there's only one instance where there's a back two back-to-backs in one month. And that's in the middle of a West coast trip, LA and Anaheim, which is a 45 minute drive from each other and, uh, Ottawa and Toronto, which is, uh, which is a, a quick train ride, uh, from, from Ottawa to, uh, to the Mecca of hockey as well. And, uh, the Florida Panthers played the Ottawa senators once on the road last year. And this year they're going to be playing them twice. So they're getting so, and as well as the Habs and Maple Leafs twice as well on the road as well. So they're going to complete their Eastern Canadian road trip all, all in one, all in one. So, so it's going to be, it's going to be happening mostly in four, four nights for, for, for the Panthers there. And, and that's where the travel is a little easier when it comes to playing uh, games on, on back-to-back nights as well and they're of course early on they're getting their west coast trips out of the they have one in november they have one in december uh where they're going to western canada as well and then the uh the south southwest uh portion of the of of the west coast trips is going to take place in in january so no, northern part on no, november so uh so they're, they're getting over that part of the schedule fairly early and their bye week prior to all-star break is going to come before the all-star weekend a lot of teams have it after and this year for the second for another consecutive year the florida panthers is uh break will come the week before all-star all-star weekend so that a little bit of of that when it comes to the schedule of course i, I want to i want to 
sorry, sorry mm-hmm. to cut in. I wanted I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on something uh, in the first month of this season. Um, the uh, October twenty fourth against San Jose. Uh, oh yeah. Obviously, that you notice we we have the the seven forty five start time. I want to get your thoughts on that that experiment the NHL is doing, where all um, all thirty two teams will play, and every game starts fifteen minutes apart. Not a single game uh, drops the puck at the same time as any other game. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, what you think of that experiment by the NHL? ESPN Plus, get ESPN Plus is what I have to say because you you have a game starting as late as eleven p.m. I think it's Vegas Philadelphia on that night, uh, and you are gonna this is an opportunity to use that package to your advantage. And I think that's what the NHL is trying to do as far as, as that a little bit of a weird start time at home, but it's better for that, for, for the Florida Panthers perspective for that to be a home game versus a, versus a road game. So any, any start time in between seven and eight and eight 15 for, for the Panthers perspective, not, not a big issue for me, but I'm not going to stay up and watch every single one of the games because we both have day jobs. But as far as instead of watching it, while I'm watching the ballet sports pregame coverage, there's an opportunity for me to um, to turn on another screen and watch another game in action versus the fact that all of them happen at the same time on most nights. So I think we're going to see more more of that. We mostly only really see it on the weekends during matinee games, but it's an opportunity for the NHL to really grow its product. And uh, they also have a very uh, filled Black Friday schedule as well. So that's another date on the calendar. They're not going to play on Thanksgiving because they're going to be overshadowed by the NFL and they don't play on Christmas because they're going to be overshadowed by the NBA as well. So let's also consider that when it comes to how the NHL is trying to structure and how they're trying to grow their their uh, their their product as well. So I think it's a really cool experiment for for a league that's still a little behind when it, when it comes to, when it comes to trying to build. So that, those are my initial thoughts on it. So yeah, a great, good opportunity in, in my opinion, but Jacob, it's draft day. Are you ready to talk some draft in our next segment? Absolutely. Awesome. We're, we're, we're with the Florida Panthers having uh five picks. Uh, the, um, we are going to discuss whether we uh, anticipate the Florida Panthers making a big move during the draft or if we expect them to uh, trade back into the first round. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, Everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Third and final segment here on this Wednesday, June 28th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast is a Wine and Wednesday edition of the show, and it's draft night. And uh, it's funny, being a South Florida sports fan, uh, with the Dolphins and the Panthers not having first-round picks for multiple years, it's a, it's a little bit of a time for us to kind of look like this. If you're watching on YouTube, I had my hands behind my head and just 
pretending that I'm in a recliner chair, just sitting back and watching the draft uh, as far as knowing that you are in a position of contention as well, which is uh, which makes this night a little less uh, stressful. And, you know, as as you guys can see from the episodes we have produced out recently, there hasn't been really any draft coverage uh, when discussing the state of the Florida Panthers, not going to pretend like we know every one of the prospects. And with the Florida Panthers being eliminated, not until the Stanley Cup final, there hasn't been much turnaround as far as evaluating the second or third round prospects who might not even be part of the Florida Panthers organization. The chances of a, a pick after the 24th pick playing over 100 games in the NHL is less than 2%. So um, just to give you guys a little bit of perspective uh, for the for the as far as the why when it comes to the draft coverage. But uh, we all know who's going number one overall, uh, Connor Bedard from uh, the WHL Regina Pats uh, and was basically carrying the Regina Pats into into the postseason for them. But really, the probably the real draft starts at three. There's talk about Adam Vantilli going number two to the Anaheim Ducks, but there's also maybe talk that Matev Mitchkoff could go number two as well, or Leo Carlson. It's very center heavy draft. The, the defense, the run at defensemen are probably not going to go until maybe number eight, number nine, but there's also talk of maybe Matev Mitchkoff maybe slipping all the way to nine to watch, excuse me, eight to Washington. And he could leave Russia earlier than expected. But I also think that Mitchkoff fits a timeline of a specific team based on their rebuild, the San Jose Sharks. Mitchkoff doesn't have to leave Russia for another few years based on his contract with the KHL. So I think that if Mitchkoff is at number four, I think it'll be a perfect opportunity for the San Jose Sharks to take him uh, as, as well. Adam Fantilli being a Hobie Baker winner, Leo Carson being a part of the SHL uh, coming over, but also Jacob. Montreal is an interesting one at number five. Uh, possibly they could take Will Smith uh, in, in the draft as well, but also a team to watch for, two teams to watch for, excuse me. The Nashville Predators, who have 13 picks in the draft, a whole bunch of draft ammunition, Barry Trotz being a fir- first-time GM. This could be his opportunity to put a bang when it comes to when it comes to the draft and putting his staple as an I have arrived when it comes to trading up so there's been talk about the Montreal Canadiens being that team. And also Montreal has traded the 31st pick that they got from the Panthers in the Ben Schrott trade for Alex Newhook as well. And St. Louis is another one, three first-round picks. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, they're, they're getting picks through there. So that's another team who could possibly make a, a splash as far as uh, trading up. So as far as the uh, as far as far the teams, not the Panthers. Uh, what are you thinking about this uh, NHL uh, entry draft uh, with, with round one uh, tonight? Yeah, I think uh, this is probably one of the most impressive drafts at the top that we've that we've seen in recent memory. Uh, between Bedard and, and Fantilli, this is probably the closest thing uh, we're getting to the McDavid Eichel uh, 1-2 uh, back in that draft. Uh, I think any other year, uh, Fantilli's got got the number one spot on lock. Uh, the season he had as a freshman at Michigan was was nothing short of remarkable, uh, and I, I think he's I think he's a lock to go number two. And Anaheim all of a sudden looks really scary uh, long term. That that looks like a team that that has the foundation uh, to eventually contend for a Stanley Cup. Um, 
Chicago's got a lot of work to do. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't get it doesn't it, it doesn't get any better as a as a building block than Connor Bedard. Um, and all the talk about him, there's uh, there's there's a lot of people who don't necessarily follow the NHL draft the same way you follow the the NFL draft or the NBA draft be, simply because in hockey uh, players are not exactly immediate impact players. Uh, typically, it takes a year, two years, sometimes longer to before you see your draft pick make it to the to the NHL. Same with baseball. With, Baseball's the same way. Exa- exactly, exactly. And and hockey and baseball are the two sports where the draft is not necessarily as as hyped up or closely followed. With the NHL draft this year, Connor Bedard is the NHL version of Victor Wembanyama. Um, he's uh, an absolute, absolute physical marvel. Um, a, a guy at his age to produce the way he has. There's, uh, he's a generational talent. Um, so he's he's really the Wemby of hockey, and uh, and people should should be ready to watch him uh, right away because he's going to play in the NHL right away. He's going to produce right away. Uh, would not be shocked at all to see him be a 30 goal scorer right away. Uh, he's, he's that good. Uh, the, the most interesting player in the entire draft to me, is, like you said, is, is, uh, Matvey Michkov. Uh, I, I think he's, um, honestly, talent wise, he had, he probably could be the second best player in this draft. He, he'd have a, he would have a, a legitimate case to be the second best player in this draft ahead of, Adam Fantilli, he's the best Russian prospect since Alex Ovechkin. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that for me. He, he's the best Russian prospect since Alex Ovechkin. In most years, he would be the best player. I think talent-wise, he's pro- I, I If we're doing this draft picking based on pure talent and potential, I take Mitchkov before Fantilli, and that's crazy to say because Fantilli was insanely good this season. Um, but but that's that's how good how good the the top end of this draft is, and I think I think Mitchka would be would be the second pick, if not for concerns about one his KHL contract, how long he's going to be in Russia before he comes over, and and two just the 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 fact that he does play in Russia, and there's so much instability and uncertainty when it comes to to Russia right now, on a political and global scale. I think it's uh, it's it's really concerning um, for some teams. And I think that I think, like you said, a team like San Jose is one that can afford to take that risk. Uh, they're they're in a good spot in their rebuild right now. Uh, they have a chance to really uh, accelerate it if they do end up trading Eric Carlson and get a, a, a haul of assets back. They can really hit the reset button and uh, and and slowly build this. And I think I think he would be the the cornerstone of that if they were to take him. Uh, and they they can afford to let him play out his KHL contract. If he does fall due to the Russian factor, Washington is the obvious answer that, yes, Washington will probably take him. I don't think he gets past Washington. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is the uh, essentially the, the ambassador of, of hockey to Russia right now. And uh, if if Ovi is there in Washington, then, then Michkov will have no problem coming over. Uh, to the Capitals at, at when he's ready to. So I, I don't think he falls past Washington, but I don't think he gets that far. I think San Jose is no, probably the team that takes him. Uh, and if San Jose doesn't take him, I, I feel certain Montreal will take him. Um, yeah. And and for me, for me, I hope it's San Jose. I want all of these elite franchise-altering talents out West. Uh, Bedard in Chicago, Fantilli in Anaheim. Mitch Cobb and San Jose take all these talents out West because the East is a gauntlet as it is. I don't want any more of these guys in the Atlantic division because the Atlantic division is the toughest in hockey. 
get all these guys out West. Uh, so we can only face them twice a year instead of three or four times a year. And we don't have to worry about them in the playoffs. So uh, that's, that's my stance on it. And, um, and also, like you said, the uh, 31st pick, that was an interesting storyline yesterday. Um, at one point, Montreal was talking about, oh, that pick is going to be in the lottery. Sharat uh, for Bedard. No, it ends up being the 31st pick and they trade it anyway for in a, in a smaller, uh, a relatively small package for, for Alex Newhook, uh, which I think I personally feel they overpaid a little bit, but Alex Newhook is a guy with some potential. So we'll see. Uh, but at the end of the day, they definitely didn't get anything close to a lottery pick or Connor Bedard in exchange for Ben Sherratt. So um, that's, a, that was another big positive of the Panthers deep playoff run. They, they, substantially lessened the value of that pick uh, just by winning games. It, and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt as, as much. Uh, for, that's for sure. So that's the great, not at all that part. So I, I'm, I'm over that trade. Honestly, I'm, I'm yep. for the most part, it, it's in the past. They're going to Colorado's going to make that pick. Sure. And, uh, and, and it's going to, we, we can definitely uh, move on uh, from that, but for the Panthers, uh, they're, they're, they're picks, um, which won't come until, uh, um, Thursday, which starts at 11 a.m. on NHL Network, 63 in the second round, 127 in the fourth round, 159th in the fifth round, 191 in the sixth, uh, and 198th in the seventh, which was Arizona's uh, pick. Uh, the only, I think, the only way you could trade back into the first round if uh, if Sam Reinhart is uh, traded um, before the NHL uh, entry draft tonight, which I'm okay with the Florida Panthers keeping him, but I'm also if you're if it's cap relief to sign a big name defenseman, you could also uh, see that as far as as far as that. So I think the very the chances that are super low as far as the Florida Panthers uh, trading back into the first round. But it's a little this this is a little bit of an awkward situation right now for a certain player on the Florida Panthers, and that's Anthony Duclair. Right now, Anthony Duclair is running a youth hockey clinic at the youth hockey excuse me youth hockey development camp right now from. July 26th to the 29th. Um, so it'll end on Thursday um, at the Panthers ice den. And Dave Prognata uh, of the fourth period reported that the Florida Panthers are actively shopping Anthony Duclair now. And of course, we spoke about the whole connection with Noah Hannafin last week about how the Florida Panthers don't want to make that trade um, if they don't have to. But it's kind of a little bit of an awkward situation. How the Florida Panthers have donated to the, the, the Duclair Foundation now um, him being a, a, um, shopped a little bit. So uh, Jacob, with these five picks and Anthony Duclair on the on the trade block, uh, actually let's 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 do a little experiment. Let's say our number at the same time. Uh, so, what are the chances that Bill Zito makes all these picks? Are you ready? Three, two, one. Five percent. Zero. Zero. Okay. I. I... Uh, yeah, I, I really don't think he's going to make all these picks. I think there's going to be a trade. Um, it, with When it comes to Anthony Duclair, his situation is really strange because there is no secret that that Jonathan Huberdeau um, wants to play with, with Duclair again if, if, if Calgary is able to get him uh, in, in, a, in a trade. Uh, and the Panthers are definitely interested in Noah Hannafin, and reportedly they're interested in Nikita Zadorov as well, which... Personally, I'm not a big fan of that one at all. Um, but I, I think I think Calgary holds that leverage because we are in desperate need of a defenseman, uh, especially one with size. Noah Hannafin fits the bill, and he's a great skater for his size. Uh, I think he, if you look at, at a potential 
D partner for Aaron Ekblad. Noah Hannafin would be absolutely perfect, and and he's everything that you would want to you'd want to pair with with Ekblad. And then if you want if you want to try to keep the the Ekblad Forsling pairing uh, together going forward, which I, I don't think the Panthers necessarily have given up on that idea. I personally think Forsling and Montour is a little bit better, uh, and you have Ekblad and, and potentially a guy like Hannafin, but Hannafin would also go really, really well with Brandon Montour, uh, a, a, cert, a guaranteed upgrade over a guy like Mark Stahl. And I'm sure Montour would love to play with a guy like that uh, coming up in his contract year. So yeah, the Calgary really holds the leverage because the Panthers really need a guy like Noah Hannafin. And if, if they make it as, as simple as Anthony Duclair needs to be included or no deal, we're not really in a position where we can, where we can fight that too much. And uh, that would be really unfortunate because anyone who knows me knows that Anthony Duclair is one of my favorite players to ever put on the Panthers uniform, uh, not just for what he's done on the ice, uh, his overcoming a major injury and being a, a huge contributor in the playoffs, but what he's done off the ice as well uh, ha- holds a ton of value uh, for me. And I think he's done an excellent job of growing the game in, in South Florida. So Personally, if it were up to me, I'd love to see him finish his career as a Panther. I'd, I would never want to see him play in another uniform, uh, but it is, it's the business of hockey. And, and uh, if he, if he is traded, um, I hope it's Calgary and he's able to, to play with Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger again, uh, he and Huberdeau have excellent chemistry. Uh, and, and I have no doubt that he'll have a successful career wherever it is. If it isn't in Florida, if you're able to keep him, then, then uh, I think, I think, like it so often does players who are, who are uh, shopped in trades and then end up staying. That's very often a huge motivating factor. Uh, And, and I, I really think he's in for a bounce back season next year with or without that extra motivation because he is coming in fully healthy and I think he'll find his game again. Um, So uh, that I hope we're able to keep him, but, but defense is definitely this off season's priority and we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a, a, a tricky situation. Um, but what I would what I would tell people to look for uh, in in this uh, in this uh, next couple of days here would be for the Panthers to trade a later round pick for someone's UFA rights, um, mm. not RFA rights, UFA rights, uh, and and afford yourself that exclusive negotiating window. Uh, I think there's a lot of defensemen who are UFAs that that know they're not resigning with their teams. And if you're able to be the first person to make an offer, it may be worth a late round pick uh, to trade for the UFA rights of, of a defenseman. Uh, and then you have a few extra days to work out a deal and get them to sign long-term. So that's what I would, that's what I would look, tell people to look for. Uh, and that's, that's why I don't think the Panthers will, will make all of their picks. I, I would not be shocked to see Bill Zito uh, send a, a later round pick, a mid round pick, later round pick for a, a UFA defenseman from another team. Um, somebody like Carson Soucy or Ryan Graves, one of those guys who's a who's coming coming up on free agency uh, this July first. That's that would be my um, situation to watch with the draft. Yeah, and and you uh, of course uh, you don't want to tamper when it comes to these uh, these uh, when it comes to talking to these players. So if you can get a few uh, a few days of of. Right of that, that that would definitely help. And you said that the Calgary has a, a little bit of leverage. I would argue the opposite that the Calgary doesn't have the leverage because these uh, players have made it known that they don't want to resign. So that's they a valid gotta, point. That th- so they gotta try to scramble to get some assets because they don't want the Johnny Gaudreau 
uh, situation to happen all over again if they don't uh, get uh, they don't get uh, a uh, something out of it. And uh, with one of these picks, we could possibly see a goalie uh, taken as far as like building up the type pipeline. And speaking of goalies, uh, congrats to uh, Panthers prospect Tyler uh, Muzelik on getting an invite to the World Junior Summer Showcase as well. Uh, so that's another uh, that's another thing that we could possibly see for the Panthers as far as who they who they take. But we're gonna break all that down late later in 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 the week as the Florida Panthers are tr- building up their uh, prospect uh, pipeline again uh, this week, and we will have more announcements on when uh, D Camp uh, come comes around and prospect showcase uh, l- later on in the next few weeks. But Jacob, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And we are going to be watching this draft at ease tonight. And I hope that you get to enjoy a night of relaxation and just a lot of fun and maybe a lot of drama as, as uh, uh, teams are probably going to make some big trades tonight. So tell everybody where they can follow you online. Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at JacobWinans8. And some last-minute draft advice for everybody, like Armando said, watch it at ease, relax, enjoy it, because we were a Stanley Cup finalist, and the teams that are making these big moves are doing it to try to catch a team like the Panthers, and and that's a nice position to be in. Um, And and when it comes to these uh, second-day picks, you just need a couple of them to hit. They don't all have to be gold mines. You just need to find gold a couple of times, and that makes all the difference. So... Uh, enjoy it and uh, relax. R E L A X. <laughs> Pulling an Aaron Rodgers there, that's for sure. But uh, Jacob, thank you so much, and I'll see you next week, my friend. Can't wait. Thanks. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospect. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And every day, just make sure to come back on Friday for a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show where we'll be breaking down some of the trades the Florida Panthers have made and the draft class for the Cats as well. And we're going to break that down on Friday's edition of the show. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.